Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, July the 26th, 2021. We're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter Into Action, and we're on page 73, the fourth paragraph. We must be entirely honest with somebody. Today's readers are the 12 steps. Betty W., 12 Traditions, Davlin E., and readers of the text, Nancy P., Leon B., and Marge O. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, July the 25th, our special edition, is 17421. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Betty W. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Betty. Good morning, and thank you, Lynn, for your service. This is Betty W., a compulsive overeater and food addict from Central New York living in recovery, wishing everyone a beautiful, sunny Monday. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Betty W. And Davilin E. is going to read the 12 traditions for us. Good morning, Davilin. 
Good morning, Lynn. My name is Davalyn E, and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Excuse me. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Number seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Number eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Number 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Number 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And number 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Davlin. Our sole purpose. Oh, I read that already. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter Into Action. We're on page 73, reading the fourth paragraph. We must be entirely honest with somebody. So Nancy P., could you read for us, please? Absolutely. Um, good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, everybody. Um, thank you for letting me share Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. Um, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we, are, if we expect to live long or happily in this world. 
Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom we, to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession must, and of course will, want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. Though we have no religious connection, we may still do well, we may still, still do well to talk with someone ordained in an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. Um, let me just start my timer. So um, <clears throat> the whole thing is predicated on entire honesty. And I don't know, I didn't know how to do that. But luckily, the fifth step doesn't come until the fifth step. It doesn't come at the first step. So I got honest. You know, I admitted that I was powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable. And I came to believe in this um, this power greater than myself is going to restore me to sanity. And I decided to turn my will and my life over to that power. So, you know, so I made my decision. And then, um, you know, it's followed up immediately by action. So first I wrote it down, which, you know, I wrote down everything that I felt like I needed to write down <clears throat> under the guidance of my sponsor. And, um, you know, nothing happened because it wasn't, it was, it was action, but it wasn't like horrible action. And, you know, what I always say to my own sponsees is, you know what you've done. Your higher power knows what you've done, and I don't care. So, and it's true. I, you know, like I've had taken several people through, and I don't remember. I immediately forget it. So there's no um, trust issue. There was, for me, there was no trust issue because my sponsor was pretty spot on with the instructions. And what do I get? If, if you know, promise, consequence, or threat, if I expect to live long and happily in this world, long or happily. So I was as entirely honest as I had been taught to be, and, and I am living happily. And for me, I want to live long and happily. It's not either or for me. And um, the reason that I want to do that is because it's a life and death. If I, you know, I already know what my life looked like eating compulsively, and it was a long, ugly, barren, cold, horrible road that I was on <clears throat> with no chance of any warmth or companionship or it was a solitary effort. And, um, you know, once I made my decision in step three, I was, you know, I was good to go in step four, but in my opinion, the rubber hits the road in step five because all of a sudden I'm engaging somebody else. I'm bringing somebody else into it. And this step, I will say this, that the only things, the only steps that Nancy P. did in real time were step four because it says we write and step five because it says we read. Everything else, including like my fear falling from us and all that, that sort of boiled along on, a, on the stove until I completed step 11. But, um, but this training in being absolutely honest or as honest as I knew how to be with the help of somebody else to continue to be honest allowed me to um, cement my... Um, my spiritual awakening and make it an effective one so that I wouldn't have to go back to the food and which I have not had to do um, in almost four years, a total miracle after 47 years of, you know, just being in the food, whether I was fat or thin, mostly fat. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy P. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday of last week, 
please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Barbara E. Melissa Harriet in Fort Worth. Leslie W. Julie K. Okay, let me tell you who I heard so far, please. I have Barbara E, Melissa C, Leslie W, Julie K, and somebody from Fort Worth. Who was from Fort Worth, please? Okay, is there anybody else who would like to share? All right, Harriet let's start with our line. Sorry, who is it? It's Harriet. Important. Harriet. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, our lineup, Barbara E., Melissa C., Leslie W., Julie K., and Harriet. Barbara, would you start us off, please? Thank you so much, Lynn, for your ongoing service and that wonderful opening. Thank you so much. Well, I knew I had to be scrupulously honest with someone I felt I could trust to keep my resentments, my fears, my harms to herself, and to understand my purpose, to be compassionate but honest with me and what I needed to do if I ever wanted to live happily and serenely. And for me, the person had to be someone from our fellowship, OA, who had walked this path before me and understood my goal to eventually give me access to the promises, but only if I did all the steps wholeheartedly. I'd been to psychologists and nutritionists who were lovely, but didn't understand I couldn't eat in moderation. I needed to keep away from certain foods. I was even warned by doctors who scared me straight for a short time, but within a few months I'd forgotten the consequences of thinking I could eat in moderation or even the warnings of my doctors. And it was only someone in program who truly listened and learned and heard when I was bullshitting. And that convinced me I truly needed a higher power to take my hand and guide me to keep me off the rumble strip and stay on my side of the road, to understand that I needed to be transformed in some miraculous way. My sponsor told me to accept that not everything in my life would be perfect, but if I followed the steps and kept nothing hidden because I was shamed or fearful she'd share my secrets with others, or so shocked by my truth that she judged me and cast me aside as unworthy, that this 12-step program could work miracles in my life. It took me a while to trust her, and that didn't come easily, but she said it was crucial for me to do the soul surgery necessary. The invitation to look at me and roto-rooter my block pipe and to understand my purpose and guide me, to remind me that it was my job to do the work if I wanted to recover from this killer disease and for for me to become more aware of my defects 
to, to accept them and take all necessary actions in order to recover one day. I will never let my disease trick me into thinking I'll graduate from OA University because the day I believe that I'm doomed to fall face down into the food yet again, to, true, to truly believe that nothing happens in God's world by mistake and I need to be focused on what needs to be changed in me, not what needs to be changed in you. Thank you so much for this beautiful program. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Good morning, hey. Melissa. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. Um, yeah, I, I like Nancy. I hear there's a warning in this paragraph, and there's also a promise, you know, um, the warning is dishonesty leads to death, right, and misery. And the promise is um, if you're entirely honest, you have a chance of living a longer life, and the life that you get is happier. And, um, you know, and what I know about myself and my experience is that when I got entirely honest with someone, and not just in the fifth step, but actually it adaptive a manner of living that sought God by living rigorously honest, you know, by living in a, in a rigorously honest manner, I got well. Like, that's what happened. I could not stay abstinent if I stayed dishonest. And, you know, how do I know this? Because I had enough relapses. And my relapses, if I if I, like, you know, try to see where they began, they began with dishonesty. You know, I had certain facts about myself that I was unwilling to share. And, you know, invariably I ate. That's what would happen to me. And again and again, you know, I tried to sweep certain things, certain facts about myself that I didn't like under the rug. And, um, but when I was, you know, here's the thing, when I was in enough pain and it, was clear it was life or death I became willing to reveal myself to someone and you know why because like I was out of options and I think I think that's an important um pre you know um prerequisite to all of this when we have zero options left you know and that's how I began to get well um with a ton of desperation you know I didn't want to sweep anything under the rug anymore um, and I actually think, like, my my rug was, like, disappearing. That's really what it was. I had no rug left to sweep anything under. Um, you know, I, I didn't have the ability to to put a day or two together. And I have to say that, you know, what really inspired me, what really helped me here was I had a sponsor that was a living and breathing example of someone who was living well and happily. You know, what, what drew me to this woman was she had an unshakable faith, um, a thin body. I'm going to be honest, like that definitely drew me in and a ton of fat pictures to show me that she didn't always live that way. But she was calm and she was happy, joyous and free. And I longed for that. And I followed her. And what happened for me was I've, I've begun to have some of those promises as well. I feel 
I'm just going to finish up with this. I feel like regardless of my circumstances, I am living happily um, and hopefully long. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Leslie W., it's your turn, followed by Julie K. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service this morning, Lynn. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. This sentence um, that we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Um, and what that tells me is that I, I'm not going to be able to live long or happily if I am not honest. And this infers that I haven't, obviously, infers that I haven't been honest up until this point. I haven't been honest about my limitations. I haven't been honest about my, my, um, uh, my secret. My, you know, obviously there's, we, we have secrets. We, we don't come to this, <laughs> to this program because, because we are um, an open book. Um, and because we have nothing to hide, we have lots to hide. Um, I wasn't honest about um, my my deceit. I mean, that's the thing is that I, I wasn't able to really be to to live at peace with myself or with others until I could admit that how how much of a um, a, a manipulator I I I, I really was, and and. You know, I don't. I don't think that this this step um, is one that I take <clears throat> because because I want to. Um, it's it's really not easy to admit that you've been living a lie. Um, and to find the truth buried underneath all the food and all the fat and all the misery and all the denial and all the fighting is is really is really a tough tough job we got to have somebody we got to have another hand to hold um we must be entirely honest with somebody um and 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 whether that somebody is a sponsor um or someone else, you know, um, as long as we can, as long as we, we can, can let that, let that guard down. And for me, I was, I was always showing different parts of myself to to different people, depending on who I was around, you know, like a chameleon, I would alter my personality and and change myself to suit whatever situation I, I found myself to be in. I didn't know who I was. I, I I had no I had no clue. I was whoever you wanted me to be. What do you want me to be? You want me to you you know you want me to be fun. You want me to be sad. You want me to be um, quiet. You want me to to be loud. You want me to be happy. What what do you want? Um, but I'm I don't have to live like that anymore. I really don't because because I have been honest and I have and I know how and I know how to speak my truth today. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Leslie W. Julie K., it's your turn, followed by Harriet. Please go ahead, Julie. Thanks so much, Lynn. Uh, this is Julie K. in Connecticut. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for your service and all of you for being here. 
I'm not on step five yet, but this rigorous honesty has me on my knees right now. You know, I can recognize that the most insidious part of my disease is the food. The food is the solution to the most insidious part of my disease, and that's the lying. And it's the small, seemingly innocuous lies that fray at the fabric of my abstinence, my happiness, and ultimately now my marriage. You know, and I... My lives just aren't, you know, step five is, is not just a one-time thing for me. Like this, someone else mentioned, you know, this has to be a daily practice. I'm miserable. I have made my family miserable. And so now I'm getting divorced, and that's a big part of the reason why. The lies, the deceit, the manipulation. And again, sure, there are some really big ones in there that have come out already. And, you know, and I say come out because it's not like I offered them. I was not openly honest. I was found out. And so the honesty followed. But it's the small things, you know, it's the small things every day. And for me, I know when I'm back in the corner, man, I double down. You could have a stack of papers in front of me that are yellow and I told you they were red, and even though I see that they're yellow and they're in front of me, I'll tell you that they're red. Because I don't know how to deal with confrontation. I don't know how to argue. You know, I grew up in a home where everything was fine. We were fine. Life was fine. And it, nothing was fine. Nothing was fine. We just weren't allowed to talk about it. And so I learned very quickly, like someone else said, um, my thoughts and my feelings have no value, so therefore, what do you need from me? What do you want me to be? The ultimate chameleon, and that is a nice way of saying I am deceitful and I am a liar, and I will show you what you want to see, not what's really there. And part of my problem now is that I've done that for 47 years, so I don't know what's really there yet. And I say yet because I know that on the other side of this pain, and I am in right now, there is freedom. And I am so looking forward to experiencing that. And I think I'm going to pass for now, so thank you. Thank you, Julie Kay. And Harriet, it's your turn. And if we could have the initial Harriet of your last name, please. Hey, this is Harriet. And I'm in Florida. Uh, I'm found in the vision directory as Seneca T. Good morning. Um, I just have to to say that my icon is Harriet Tubman, and she once is quoted as saying, I would have freed more slaves if they only knew that they were slaves. And that calls me higher today because I am that slave in food. When I'm looking at this um, director, I'm sorry, at the reading, Um, I saw, though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. No holier-than-thou person would ever be able to help me. Screw that. Because I didn't relate to you. But I learned through, I'm sorry, there's distraction on the line. But um, and it's not me, but I apologize. I'm getting distracted. But um, I learned through discipleship how to be gutter level 
honest about my life. But in OA, I had to find someone that ate compulsively and used food to fill that hole in this life. It was too hard. I had to find someone that had burdens of knowing what it's like to steal food for comfort because that was me. Someone that understood what that food prostitution is a real thing. If that guy or girl could treat me to a nice food experience, it was on. I had to find someone that understood that the only validation that I had in life was to eat and eat and the marvelous power to restrict and restrict. To want that, to own that power to control everything in life by food, food, going to the food over and over again. And today I'm free because I'm able to share that. That somebody got real and honest with me first. I was able to see the imperfection in, in you and encourage, and it encouraged me to be to, to grow in the imperfection in me. There's no perfect way to work the steps, damn it. You just work them. You just stay in these rooms and you work them because if you don't, I know that I'm doomed if I'm not here, if I'm not present. The gift is the awakening. I understand compulsive overeating, restricting, exercise bulimia, because I am that sick soul that clings to this flimsy read of a program one day at a time. I understand what it means to bow down to the idol of food, excess food, the crazy that tells me another box, another bag, another bite will solve my problem, will heighten my celebration, will soothe my grief. It's all a lie. Only God can do that, honey. This program allows me to see that that higher power, it don't have to be my God. It's your God. Is a loving, generous, kind, and gracious male and female entity in this universe. It's energy rushing towards us. And all it takes is one forward. That's what I needed to see. And that's Brian, what we have here. Thank you. That's what we have here in this program. Please feel re- free to reach out anytime. I'm known as Seneca T, but I'm lovingly known as Harriet. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Harriet. So for those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study of the big book and the chapter Into Action. We're on page 73, the fourth paragraph. We must be entirely honest with someone. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although Brenda we value A. Thank you. We ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Brenda A. Elise N. Maria T. Nancy L. Okay, I missed a couple of people. Let me tell you who I have so far. I have Brenda, Elise M., Somebody T., and Nancy L. Who was with the initial T, please? 
Okay, well, let's go ahead with the lineup we have so far. We have Brenda followed by Elise M. And can we have the initial of your last name, please, Brenda? Certainly. Good morning. Brenda A. from New York. Thank you all for your service. And um, this is absolutely the most perfect paragraph for me. I had relapsed, and I am now abstinent one day at a time, recovering one day at a time, and dishonesty The way I see it, uh, my dishonesty was so linked to fear. I, too, wanted to be perfect, another character defect related to fear. What was I fearful of? If people saw the real me, they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't accept me. I wouldn't have a place in their lives. And the bottom line is, not only has my higher power taken my hand and walks with me daily, but the minute I have a dishonest thought about to leave my lips, he gently says, tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Don't be afraid. Whether they like you or not, just be truthful. And that's what is keeping me abstinent right now and is guiding me towards my ultimate recovery one day at a time. I am so thankful that I relapsed and that I'm able to reconnect with my higher power and that I do not have to rationalize and I don't have to be anyone who I am not. I am human. I will make mistakes. God will forgive me, and in essence, God teaches me how to forgive others. In turn, by being honest, I don't have to resent other people. I can claim my side of the situation. I don't have to be fearful. God is always with me. I call my higher power God. Thank you for the miracle of helping me to reconnect with my higher power. Thank you, one and all. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Brenda A. Elise M., it's your turn, followed by Maria T. Good morning, Elise. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you all for your service. Um, I came on a few minutes early, and I was like, where is everybody? Um, but um, I'm happy you're here, even though I have uh, chosen not to be here for a while. Um, coming out of relapse. I'm grateful I have a sponsor to help me with my food, and I have another one, hopefully with steps. And um, I just um, I just wanted to share, I guess, that um, what happened with me was that um, it wasn't only the food that went away. It was my whole sense of self. And um, I never called myself names, you know, re- um, with my weight and all of a sudden I found myself doing that even if it was to myself and I said you really and I shared it with um, this person that's going to be sponsoring me and she said that that's kind of like the progression of the disease Um, you know that it also it's it's with everything it's not just with food so I'm grateful that um, you know, I woke up and um, last night I had an abstinent dinner and 
um, by the grace of God, I can, you know, you know, I think I've been trying to do it on my own, doing it on my own never worked in the past. Why would it work now? So, um, I'm very grateful that you're here. Um, I don't want to take up too much time and my name's Elise N. I'm on the list. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to me and I'm happy to hear from anybody, have a great day. Thank you, Elise M. Maria T., it's your turn, followed by Nancy L. Please go ahead, Maria. My name is Maria. I'm recovered in Norway. And uh, thank you for your service this morning and to all the team. And thank you for everybody that's shared. It's been absolutely phenomenal, the uh, sharing and this reading just exactly what I needed to hear. And, um, you know, I uh, start this process of uh, honesty with being honest with myself by in the first in the first step by accepting my powerlessness over my compulsive eating. And then in step two that I need uh, a higher power, a God of my understanding to restore me to sanity. And in um, three, surrendering to the higher power. And then uh, by going through the steps four and five, you know, I start to uncover my character defects. And I have to say that that's just the beginning, really, because uh, I have to be constantly looking at me every day of my life. And um, I uh, constantly do that through steps 10, 11 and 12. Um, 10 is it's just the most amazing uh fantastic step that I could have today that helps me to stay honest um being uh having you know being accountable to God and to my sponsor and to other people around me in in program and you know sometimes I can get into situations like I have done in this uh the last couple of days that keeps occurring with regards to my partner where you know he has a situation and I want to try and fix him uh regarding it and I've done a step 10 and I've really looked at it today and I can see how dishonest I've been and it's about fear, it's pride, it's oh, a mixture of things. And, you know, I couldn't understand where I needed to make an amends. And I'm just really grateful that I'm able to see my part in it. And that helps me to grow as a person and know that God loves me and forgives me unconditionally. And that's exactly what he wants me to do with others. And, um, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, you know I just have to keep looking at myself my part knowing that I'm not a victim anymore that I have choices I can take a choice either to work a program or know, know that I'll be in the food again uh, and that will just completely kill me um, being in the food for me is the worst nightmare of my life and you know it's um, it terrifies me to be to know that I could head down that slippery slope if I don't live in the solution, which means that I have to constantly live in 10, 11, and 12 every day of my life. I have to have that connection with my higher power or else I'm, you know, I start to lie to myself. I start to become a manipulator and a controller and I start to um, take the focus off me and start picking uh, out things about you. So, um I'm just really grateful to be on the line today and to be able to be at this meeting today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maria T. Nancy L., it's your turn, followed by Kelly S. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. May I be heard? 
Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you for being here this morning. And this this paragraph has so much wisdom in it. Um, as I read this uh, and heard it read, um, I have li- lived a long time. <laughs> um, I'm on my 80th trip around the sun. Um, so I have lived a long time, sometimes very unhappily, but today very happy. Um, and I've had the wonderful opportunity of having some very positive people in my life. And I had the wonderful opportunity in another program of having someone in my life who was not exactly who I thought they were. Um, and that's the reason I love this sentence that we think long and hard about the person that we share our intimate and confidential life with. I did that in another program, so eager to work my programs that I didn't think long enough and I didn't pray and ask God to show me the right person. And the result of that was it came back to me in the form of gossip. Um, so that's okay. I handled, God, with God's help, handled that resentment and God put good people in my life that I could do a step five with um, through my pastor, uh, through a 12-step counselor, through other members in the program. And I think for me, step five is probably one of the most powerful steps that, that I can take because it really gets me to the point of honesty honesty about those things that I would like to hide and never let it see the the sun rays again, but that's okay too. Today, those things are are not secret. Someone else knows those things about me, and, and they love me anyway, and I know that God knows those things about me, my God of my understanding, and he loves me anyway. So today I can say, yep, I've lived a long time, and today I live happily in my 12-step program and have been in the program seven years with several relapses during those seven years, and with every relapse, I've learned something, and I've grown from it. And so today I'm living abstinently and happily and I just thank you. Thank you for your service here. Thank you for all the shares. They're so, so helpful. And uh, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy L. And Kelly S., it's your turn. Good morning, Kelly. Well, good morning, Lynn. I didn't think you heard me. Kelly S., um, recovered compulsive eater and blame the compulsive Oklahoma. Glad to be on the line. So obviously that line, being entirely honest, is a big deal for all of us. Um, uh, that goes my trembling uniqueness, of course. So, you know, and I, I looked that word up entirely with no part left out, whole. And that was always the part that I um, did. I left that part out. I left out parts. You know, before program, of course, I just outright lied. But I've been in these rooms for three decades, and that entire honesty has what uh, has got me into relapse every time. 
And, you know, those, those things I was not willing to share with people. And that can still get me into trouble today, you know, not wanting to be entirely honest as I work these steps, you know, I'm recovered today, but I still see that struggle. That entire rigorous honesty every day is so freaking hard. My mother used to tell me I would lie when the truth would work, and it's so true. And what is that about for me? What I've had to look at today is it's really all about ego. I just want you to like me, right? And even my sponsor, you know, it's like as I do this fifth step, you know, it's like it comes down to being afraid of what other people are going to think about me my day-to-day work and my 10th steps and all the things that I do, that entire honesty, if I tell you my whole truth, I'm risking, I'm being vulnerable. But as someone else said earlier, I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing it because I have to. Because I found that if I'm not, I go back to the food eventually. Eventually, it takes time. It's, it's subtle, as we know, and it's scary, and it just waits for me. And, you know, it's like I had to get, you know, willing to think to myself, okay, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to be honest. And if you think I'm batshit crazy and never want to talk to me again, that's fine. But I'm going to freaking die in this disease if I don't get honest with people. And guess what? Every time I share with people and I think they're going to think, oh, my God, she's the most selfish bee I've ever talked to, it brings me closer with people. It's crazy, you guys, this entire honesty, you know. So I just have been having to be willing to risk because I don't want to die. It comes down to that same question every time, how free do I want to be? I know it's a tense that promise, but I'm tired of fighting food and I'm tired of fighting everybody else. And so I'm willing to be honest today because I want these promises and I don't want to go back to the food and I want to be happy. What does happy mean to me today? It means having peace. Yes, neutrality with food is awesome, but I want neutrality with life and people and circumstances and all the things around me. I'm just tired and I want that. I want that peace, you know? I want to be happy, joyous, and free today, and I'm willing to risk and be vulnerable and not leave things out. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn, for your service. And thank you, Kelly S. We have time for two or three more shares. Who would like that time? This is Larry. Thanks, Larry. Annette M. Annette M. Got you, Annette. Thank you. Anyone else in Wisconsin? Perfect. Okay, let's try that lineup. We have Larry K, Annette M, and Rebecca. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Lynn. Uh, Thanks for your service, Lynn. You know, we all lie. (laughs) Admittedly, most of us do so only occasionally, but we still all do, and yet most of us also um, consider ourselves honest. And um, you know, I remember reading a book um, not that long ago that um, offered evidence that we're, we're able to believe we're honest, even though we lie or do so only in little ways. So we're therefore able to tell ourselves we're mostly honest, you know, that we're, we're, we're only dishonest in ways that we think don't matter. And I have to be on guard for that because uh, I have, I don't know about you, but I have, I've had secrets, you know, and apparently this strategy works because most of us, uh, we don't suffer serious cognitive dissonance over our integrity. And program is teaching me, no, that's going to do you in, Larry. And I hear it from you. That's going to do you in. 
So we can't have the best of both worlds, you know, where we can lie or cheat in little ways, sometimes big ways, that place us at an advantage, but still get to view ourselves as fundamentally honest. You can't, you can't have both ways. And I still am learning in this program, you know, it's, uh, um, there's good reasons to be honest, even though we, we think we don't need to be. Because, you know, telling a small lie risks being unmasked as a liar. I've been unmasked as a liar before. Have you? So I'm, I'm learning. I continue to learn this program. Yes, step five has a place in the sequence of these steps, of course. But it's about integrity. It's about getting really ultimately in deeper alignment with this perfect God. That's the only thing that I choose to believe is perfect is this higher power of my own understanding. Everyone else, the rest of us, no, we're not, we're not perfect. We're just on a progressive process here of uncovering more things about ourselves, discovering these things, and with God's help, discarding these things. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Thanks for your service, Lynn. With that, I pass. Thanks, Larry Kay. Annette M., it's your turn, followed by Rebecca. Hi, Annette. Hi, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service. Um, I'm going to bring God into this because I, you know, nothing in this program for me happens without bringing God into my shares um, because I, I really believe that God shows me the honesty. He shows me how to get honest. As long as I keep doing the work, doing the footsteps, you know, Sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, um, but I, I also know that um, there's nothing else. Like if I want serenity and if I want to be recovered and not be addicted to drama, be addicted to thinking I've got to figure everything out, thinking I've got to know how it's all going to go, um, that's an addiction, and um, I'm I'm so powerless over it and if I don't have a conscious contact and I have to say it I have to like I have to do that in my fear inventory every day because if I don't do it it's just build up and I know that that will lead ultimately to the food and um, it's not an option Um, I want to be present for life I want to be engaged in life and this program is teaching me how to be effectively engaged in life and uh, with, with God's help one day at a time, he teaches me. He teaches me the honesty pieces that I don't always see, but ultimately he, he will keep reminding me till I see it. And, you know, that's, that's what I learned. And I'm grateful. And um, it's a great program. Thank you. Thank you, Annette. And Rebecca, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Rebecca. And can we have the initial of your last name, please? Hi, this is Rebecca B. from Wisconsin. Um, I have had the uh, opportunity to do several fifth steps and um, have been fortunate that it was always with someone who was um, very trustworthy and uh, different individuals who were compassionate and trustworthy. But one of them early on said something to me that really helped um, as I was so nervous about sharing 
some of these things that I was certain were unique to me um, and full of shame about. And she said, you know, Rebecca, we all have the same fifth step. The names just change. And that was just, uh, I've never forgotten that because, you know, in a sense, it's true. We've all lied and um, cheated and probably stolen food or other things and done things that um, we're ashamed about. Uh, and, and, and we all are in this boat together and um, you know, maybe the circumstances change a little on the edges, but a, a lot of it is similar, and there's there's comfort in that, um, and it made it easier for me to uh, to share and be really honest. Um, and I, I agree with what some of the previous speakers have said about needing to be honest, even in the little things moving forward. Um, at, you know, just like, for instance, not being able to say I don't feel well because I don't want to go do something with someone. Um, you know, that if I if I feel fine, that's a that's a lie. And so, um, I you know, I find myself thinking, all right, if if I don't want to do this, then I, you know, I need to be honest about it um, and perhaps find a different time or um, do something else. So. Uh, anyway, I just um, am appreciative of the people in this program who hold uh, trust and confidence so beautifully, um, and uh, and the miracle that living a life um, that is honest, even in the little things, um, really makes a difference in the in the lightness with which we can walk through the life. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca B. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning and to our marvelous team Monday who carried us through the month of August, July, where am I? Carried us through July, Betty W, Leon B, Nancy P, Marge O, Ken WH, Maria F. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, Monday, July the 26th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 17425. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Leon B., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.